0: or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. This is Hawkeye Recap with Brian Hurley, part of the Hawk Fanatic Network. On this podcast, we will relive past Iowa football and basketball games and players from the past 100 plus years. To find more games and players, visit hawkeyerecap.com. The next opponent for Iowa is Minnesota. Iowa has a 52-62-2 record against the Gophers for a 45.7% win rate. First game was played in 1891. Iowa lost the first 12 games up through 1918, and then Iowa won five straight. Minnesota then went on an eight-game winning streak from 1931 to 1938, which included the 1935 game, which was the start of the current Floyd of Rosedale trophy. The 1934 game was marred by late hits and injuries to Iowa's halfback star Ozzie Simmons, one of only a few black football players in that era. The bet between Iowa and Minnesota's governors for a prize hog was intended to distract the fans from the previous year's incident. Minnesota won that game, and I'll cover more details about Floyd and those two games in 1934 and 1935 in a later podcast. For this podcast, I'll cover from 1891 through 1923 what ended the eight game losing streak to the Gophers was Niall Kinnick in the 1939 victory which they won 13-9 Iowa had a five game winning streak from 1955 to 1959 which included two Rose Bowl teams but lost in the 1960 game when number one Iowa lost to number three Minnesota Minnesota was 13-2-1 from 1960 through 1975 When Hayden took over in 1979, he lost the first three times against the Gophers, finally beating them in 1982. He lost in 1984, 1989 and 1990, and 1992 and 1998. And overall, his record was 12-8 for a 60% win rate. Kirk Ferris lost in his first year, 1999, and that was a home loss to the Gophers, but he hasn't lost a home game to the Gophers since then. He did lose again in 2000, but was able to get a victory in 2001 and continued through 2005. Currently, Iowa has an eight game winning streak over the Gophers since 2015. And overall, Ferrance is 18 6 against the Gophers for a 75% win rate. So let's look at the first matchup November 2nd, 1891, at Iowa Field. Iowa loses 42-4. There was no coach for Iowa that year. Kickoff was at 2.45 p.m. This is the first game against Minnesota and the first of many lopsided losses. The Hawks had trouble stopping Minnesota's whirling beef rushing formation and fell behind 24-4 at halftime and were shut out in the second half. So I've got a breakdown by quarters of scoring. There's a daily Iowan recap of the game. It's also mentioned in the book, 75 Years with the Fighting Hawkeyes. So there's a link to that book if you want to check that out. Then there's a gap between games, about 10 years. The next one is October 26, 1901 at Northrup Field in Minneapolis. Iowa loses 16 to nothing. Alden Knipe is the coach for Iowa, and there's 10,000 in attendance. The teams lost to Minnesota ended a 23-game unbeaten streak dating back to November of 1898. Just before the game was about to start, Minnesota protested Iowa playing Clyde Williams in the game, with documents that Williams was playing in North Dakota under an assumed name. The Iowa faculty upheld the protest and refused to allow Williams to play. The Iowa team was upset and refused to go back into the field until Coach Knipe convinced them to play. Iowa returned to the field, and it was mentioned that they had tears in their eyes. The Hawkeyes started a 17-year-old at quarterback who weighed 130 pounds, but he held up well against a very good Minnesota team. Iowa held on for the first 30 minutes of the game, keeping the game scoreless, until Minnesota broke the game open with a 65-yard run around Iowa's right end, right before halftime. One of the Minnesota players was removed from the game in the second half for wearing a metallic bandage on his arm. His backup raced around the left side to score again on the Hawkeyes. Late in the contest, Iowa used the guards' back formation and tried several double passes that were unsuccessful, and the Hawkeyes fell 16-0. The Gophers coach had this to say about the Iowa team. The university has every reason to be proud of her team. Minnesota's captain said that the outcome of the game would have been different had Williams been allowed to play. The next game was October 25, 1902, at Iowa Field. Hawks lose 34 to nothing. Alden Knipe is still the coach, and there was 3,000 in attendance. The teams went back and forth to start the game until Minnesota scored three first-half touchdowns to take an 18 0 lead into the half. The Gophers then tacked on three more touchdowns in the second half to win going away. The Minnesota band who made the trip marched in the streets of Iowa City following the game playing victory songs. And there's a Daily Iowan article about the game. There's also a coach comments from Alden Ipe. Minnesota defeated us conclusively. We have no excuses to offer. Our men played the best that is in them at the present time, and I only have praise for the endeavors of every man on the Iowa team. Minnesota has a strong team, and Dr. Williams is to be heartily congratulated upon its excellent showing today. Next matchup is October 17th, 1903 at Northrop Field in Minneapolis. Hawks lose 75 to nothing. John Chalmers is the Iowa coach. The Gophers outweighed Iowa in the trenches and overpowered Iowa in the game. Iowa lost its kicker to injury early in the game, which cost them several yards and let the game get out of hand. In the second half, both teams restored to fighting each other on the lines during the plays. There's a newspaper article about the game. There's a game diagram from the Star Tribune you can check out. Also mentioned that most of these have daily Iowan articles. Not every single one, but most of them will, so... I won't mention it every time. The next game is November 24th, 1904. This game was played at Athletic Park in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And Iowa loses 11 to nothing. John Chalmers was the coach, and there were 6,000 in attendance, and it kicked off at 10 o'clock a.m. Iowa had played on Thanksgiving Day every year in the Quad Cities, but this year the game was moved to Cedar Rapids just two weeks prior. Area businessmen and fans raised enough money to pay for bleachers to hold 3,000 fans at a baseball field. Although they lost, they held the undefeated Gophers to their lowest score of the season and proved that there was interest in Hawkeye football in other parts of the state. Both teams resorted to fighting again in the second half, but later after the game, attended the Opera House together. How nice. So there was a Daily Iowan article, and there's also an article that Scott Dockerman posted on Twitter. October 21st, 1905, Northrop Field, Iowa loses to Minnesota 39 to nothing. John Chalmers is the coach. 6,000 were in attendance. Iowa struggled in the kicking game and were again outweighed on the line by the Gophers by 15 pounds per person. One Iowa player was ejected from the game for slugging. However, a lot of fighting took place on both lines through the second half. Nearly 300 Iowa fans took an excursion train to the game from Cedar Rapids to Minneapolis. Then there's a couple year gap. Next matchup was October 2nd, 1909, at Northrop Field in Minneapolis. Hawks lose 41 to nothing. John Griffith is the coach. 6,000 were in attendance, and the game kicked off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Iowa had its handful with the Minnesota team that some reporters had called the best team in their short history at that time. Minnesota's halfbacks scored two long touchdowns on the day while Iowa quarterback Walter Stewart was replaced towards the end of the game. There's a Star Tribune article that's got some game stats and the Daily Iowan game recap. There's a player quote, Only three of our men had ever been in a big game before, and the boys had stage fright. We did not put up the best game we are capable of. My chief regret is that this is my last year in football, and I will not have a comeback at the Gophers. And that quote was by Raymond Gross. The next matchup was October 28, 1911 at Northrop Field. Iowa loses 24-6. Jesse Holly is the coach. 5,000 were in attendance for a 2:30 kickoff. Willis O'Brien kicked the nation's longest field goal of 52 yards and also connected on a 45-yarder in the game. And the Minnesota crowd cheered loudly for O'Brien, acknowledging his accomplishment. The Gophers used long touchdown runs to avoid an upset, after falling behind 3-0 to the Hawkeyes. Iowa's two field goals were the first points scored against the Gophers since 1891, which were six shutouts in a row prior. So there's a Daily Iowa game recap and a Minnesota Journal game picture of the game. The next matchup was October 26, 1912 at Northrop Field. Hawks lose 56-7. to Jesse Holly is, is the coach again, and 6,000 were in attendance. And there's not much to report here, but... Hawks scored on a forward pass from Charles Malloy to Harold Van Meter to avoid the shutout. And you can read the game recap from the Daily Highland. So you're sensing a pattern here of some blowout losses. Next up, October 24th, 1914, at Iowa Field. Hawks lose 7-0 at homecoming. Jesse Holly is the coach, and there are 10,000 in attendance. Minnesota scored the only points of the game early on with a touchdown. Iowa threatened to score in the fourth quarter, but Minnesota was able to hold on the remainder of the game to preserve the shutout.
1: Hi, this is AJ Perez, Managing Partner at Deere Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Milwaukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience. The kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deere, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them.
0: Next matchup, October 23rd, 1915 at Northrop Field. Hawks lose 51-13. Jesse Holly is the coach. 6,000 were in attendance. Minnesota scored 25 points in the second quarter behind the rushing of Bernie Bierman. He scored three touchdowns on the day in the blowout win. The Hawks were down 31-0 at half and 45-0 in the third quarter before coming to life. Two quick short touchdowns in the third quarter and early fourth quarter helped them avoid the shutout. October 28, 1916 at Northrop Field. Minnesota wins 67 to nothing. Howard Jones is in his first year, and there are 5,000 in attendance. Minnesota dominated the game, scoring multiple touchdowns in each quarter of the game with a combination of strong running and effective passing. The Hawks also lost running back Chuck Lawn due to injury in the third quarter. The Gophers entered their year 6-1, outscoring their opponents 348-28 to 28 on the season. On a side note, the game was actually played on October twenty eighth, nineteen sixteen, not november fourth, as mentioned in other publications. November 9th nineteen eighteen, at Iowa Field, Hawks win six to nothing on homecoming. Howard Jones is the coach, five thousand were in attendance. And this was Iowa's first victory ever against the Gophers. The Iowa defense stepped up and stopped the Minnesota shift, forcing them to pass. The Hawkeyes intercepted multiple passes to hold the Gophers scoreless in the game. Iowa's fullback Carl Loman connected on several passes to William Donnelly. Loman also scored the lone touchdown on the day with a four-yard run into the end zone in the third quarter. Dukes later started on the line for Iowa. October 25, 1919 at Northrop Field, Iowa goes up and defeats Minnesota 9-6 for its first road victory in the series. Howard Jones is the coach and 10,000 were in attendance. Aubrey Devine's third attempt to register points from the field by way of the dropkick route proved successful, leading the Hawks over the Gophers. November 13, 1920, Iowa Field. Hawks win 28-7. Howard Jones is the coach, 13,000 are in attendance, it was a 2-10 kickoff. Iowa scored 28 unanswered points to beat Minnesota for the third time in three years, the first time anyone has beaten the Gophers in three straight seasons. Iowa scored its first touchdown after a beautiful pass from Aubrey Devine to Lester Belding set them up in scoring position. Late in the fourth quarter, Duke Slater recovered a fumble deep in Minnesota territory. Gordon Lockie helped the Hawkeyes to capitalize by running one in for a touchdown. And you can read a detailed breakdown in the Daily Iowa article. Also got some game stats you can check out. Next up, November 5th, 1921 at Northrop Field. Hawks win 41-7. Howard Jones is the coach. 23,000 were in attendance. This is one of Iowa's national championship teams. Henry L. Williams, the coach of the Gophers and Hall of Fame inductee in the inaugural class of 1951, was in his final year at Minnesota, having coached the Gophers to 136-31-11 record from 1900 to 1921. But the Hawkeyes handed Minnesota their worst loss under Williams and their second worst loss ever, winning 41-7. It was the most points the Gophers had ever allowed in 40 years. Aubrey Devine had one of his best games of the season, scoring 29 points and passing for the other 12 points. Devine rushed for four touchdowns, passed for two touchdowns, and kicked five extra points. He had 484 total yards, 162 rushing, 122 passing, and 200 return yards on kicks, punts, and interceptions. The next matchup is November 11th, 1922 at Iowa Field. Iowa's homecoming turned out well with a 28-14 win. Howard Jones is the coach, and there are 25,000 in attendance. This is another championship team. William Spaulding brought his first Minnesota team to Iowa City for the homecoming game. The Hawkeyes handed the Gophers their second loss of the season. Gordon Lockie scored three touchdowns in the first half for Iowa. Heavy rain soaked Iowa field and turned the dirt roads that led into Iowa City to mud. Hundreds of cars stalled on the road to Cedar Rapids, and thousands of Hawkeye fans were stranded that night. And the last one I'll cover is, this is the last year for Howard Jones as a coach. So I think that's a good place to stop for this podcast. So the game was November 17th, 1923. It was at Northrop Field in Minneapolis. Hawks lose 20-7. to Howard Jones is the coach and there are 26,000 in attendance. Minnesota scored a touchdown in the first three quarters on long pass plays to take control of the game. Iowa's touchdown came when Donald Graham fumbled the ball on the Gopher three-yard line, but it was recovered in the end zone by Lowell Ote. The Hawks nearly scored again in the fourth quarter, but fell short as they were nearing the goal line. It was the Gophers' first win over Iowa since 1917, which was a five-game losing streak. It would be the last game played at Northrop Field as the Gophers would be moving to Memorial Stadium for the 1924 season. And the Daily Iowan has a detailed breakdown of the game. So again, I'll cover the rest of the series in future podcasts, and I'll go on more in-depth about Floyd or Rosedale. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is
1: sui.org. Eric Steinbach attended Providence High School in New Lenox, Illinois. He helped his team to a 50-game win streak and four consecutive state championships. As a senior, he had 46 tackles, 55 assists, and a school record 26 quarterback sacks. He was named conference most valuable player and a first-team All-State. He was named Super Prep and Prep Star All-American. In college, he was a four-year letterman from 1999 to 2002. He started all 13 games as a guard on a team that won a share of the 2002 Big Ten Championship that yielded only 12 sacks, which also led the Big Ten. He was part of an offense that led the Big Ten in scoring in consecutive seasons, 2001 and 2002. As a senior, he earned first-team All-American by the American Football Coaches Association, Walter Camp Foundation, Associated Press, Sporting News, and ESPN. He was honored as the 2002 Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. He was taken by the Cincinnati Bengals in the second round of the 2003 NFL Draft he played nine seasons in the NFL, starting 124 of 125 games for Cincinnati from 2003 to 2006 and Cleveland from 2007 to 2011. He was inducted into the Iowa Athletics Hall of Fame in 2003, and it was an honorary captain against Utah State. A couple of the links that I added to the website here uh, is the 2023 Hall of Fame uh, induction. Uh, So that's a pretty cool honor for him. He was a great offensive lineman on a great offensive line, probably the best offensive line in Iowa history. Uh, another one, Iowa's Mount Rushmore at offensive guard, uh, definitely worth a look, uh, kind of reminiscent of some of the best linemen in Iowa history, which he's most certainly one of them. Fred Barr was one of Kirk Ferentz's first recruits when he got to Iowa. He was recruited by an assistant coach named Brett Bielema at the time, Once Fred got on campus, he really changed the Iowa defense and added a lot of physicality to a defense that really needed it at the time. We'll go over a little bit of Fred Barr here. He attended South Plantation High School in Lauderdale, Florida, and actually was a teammate of Colin Cole. At Iowa, he was the only true freshman to start in 1999 and started all four years of his career at Iowa. That's saying something. I don't know many Iowa players that have done that. As a junior, he started all 12 games and was second on the team with 116 tackles. He was named Honorable Mention All-Big Ten. As a senior, he led Iowa in tackles with 114 and ranked ninth in the conference. He garnered first-team All-Big Ten honors as the Iowa defense ranked fifth in the nation in rushing defense. He shared team captain and most valuable player honors and was selected to compete in the Rotary Gridiron Classic. He ended his career with 376 tackles, which was the fourth highest total at the time. There's a few articles uh, you can read about Fred. A couple of interesting ones that I found was Raising the Bar, which was an LA Times article uh, written before the Orange Bowl. There's a lot of kind of cool quotes in there and how he grew up with Helen Cole and how they both kind of came to Iowa and survived a lot of the winters. And if you look now, I I think Fred actually still lives in Des Moines from what I can tell. There's also a GoFundMe page and needs a little bit of help. So I'm sure he could still use some help in there if you can check that site out. Fred, at his time at Iowa, was really known for uh, some of his more popular quotes. a, A few of them that I found, everybody remembers, you know, the Iowa State quote. I hate those guys. I can't stand them. Probably stands up for all Iowa fans when he says that. Another one that I didn't know he had said this, I guess, before the Orange Bowl that year. They've got very talented people, but they're missing the physical aspect that we bring to the game. Playing the Big Ten, we're pounding every week. I don't think they play that kind of football out here in the Pac-10. Another quote, I just saw an opportunity to take a program that was going down and build it back up. And I I think he most certainly did that, or was a big part of that help. Another quote that I couldn't quite find, but I think... After that Michigan game in 2002, I think he coined the phrase bullies of the Big Ten when he anointed the Iowa Hawkeyes that year as being the bullies of the Big Ten. Quite a unique character. Recommend checking out some of these uh, websites.
0: If you have topics or games or opponents or players you'd like to learn about, please contact me. You can reach me through the website, hawkeyerecap.com. You can also find me on Twitter and on Facebook. If you know other Hawkeye fans that might like hearing this podcast, if you could please let them know about it, i really appreciate it. Thanks, and go Hawks!